Welcome to the world of unsexy. From scrap metal to timber, estate planning to freight pooling, this show is a meandering exploration of just how sexy unsexy industries can be. I'm your host, Elaine Zelby, investor at SignalFire and eternally curious human being. In this podcast, we'll peel back the layers of niche and esoteric markets, understanding the history and looking at the future through the eyes of the pioneering entrepreneurs willing to bring technology and exponential improvements to these often overlooked spaces. Join me on a fascinating journey into the unsexy. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Matteo Franceschetti, founder and CEO of Eight, the world's leading sleep enhancement company. Named one of the most innovative companies in consumer electronics by Fast Company, Eight is redesigning the traditional concept of a mattress by developing cutting-edge AI and machine learning models to track biosignals during sleep with the goal of optimizing your body's recovery and rest. Matteo is a serial entrepreneur and also a member of the Forbes Technology Council. Thanks so much for joining us today, Matteo. My pleasure. Super excited. Thank you for having me. When I was doing a little bit of research on your background, I saw that you actually started your career as a lawyer in Italy. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you went from law to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, uh, <laughs> is, is, a, is, a, is a part of my life. I come from a family of, um, of lawyers. And so when it was time to pick uh, my, my college degree, I picked law. Um, and then uh, I joined two of the largest uh, European law firms. Uh, they are both uh, two British law firms, Freshfields, Brookhouse, Deringer, and Allen Aubrey. Um, but the, the good thing where I was lucky is I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know how to become one. And in Italy, it's not that easy. But at certain points, there was a, a, this uh, movement about renewable energy in Europe and in particular in Italy. And I developed a lot of expertise in project finance as a lawyer. And so I was able to leverage that expertise to start my own company and uh, helping uh, uh, private equity funds to develop and build uh, solar plants. Hmm. Interesting. And how long were you in the renewable energy and solar space before getting into sleep? Uh, Quite a lot, almost five years. I had two companies there, one in Europe and then that they sold and then another one in the U.S. uh, that, um, that then was acquired by Panasonic. Is that what brought you to the U.S.? Exactly. Yeah. Nice. And then, what, at what point did you start getting interested in sleep? Is there some kind of personal story behind it? Yeah, there was, and so it, it, it's pretty funny. So on one side, I have always been an athlete when I, an athlete when I was a teenager, and so I was really into performance and recovery. And then I was the typical entrepreneur working long hours and I started wondering why Elon Musk is taking me to Mars, but I still spend a third of my life on a piece of dumb foam. <laughs> um, but now when I look back, um, even before starting eight, I remember that I was looking at this company, um, Sleepies, that they were a huge retailer at the time, at least on the East Coast, but their stores, they were looking really, really terrible. And, and uh, I recall saying to my wife, look, th- this thing is broken. One day I should fix it. And then at the time, I didn't have the sleep idea. And I just remember this recently because I just saw their logo and I say, oh, that is what I said uh, five years ago, seven years ago. 
That's awesome. I noticed on your website, you have a bunch of things for athletes, like the percussive massage device, which I've had for years. That thing is amazing. Yeah, I, I use everything you can think of uh, to maximize my performance, recovery, longevity. Uh, I'm are you, pretty are obsessed. you still an athlete? Uh, no, I'm really I'm now working so hard that it's, it's hard, but I'm, I'm still really into fitness. Um, and so I really try to take care of my myself and my shape and performance. Nice. Yeah, I'm very much the same way. You know, so sleep has been a very hot topic over the last few years. Tons of research about how it affects it. The book Why We Sleep, you know, is a national bestseller. Talk to me a little bit about what changed in terms of the general population getting really interested in it and some of the research that's been done about how it affects our lives. Yeah, I, I always think that uh, um, lacking sleep is, is, is the new smoking, right? Uh, so in the 80s and the 90s, there were these entrepreneurs saying, oh, I'm really cool because I sleep only four hours a night and I know I keep working. But I think now things are very different and people are much more health conscious. And so taking care of your sleep is a good sanity check or health check um, about how you manage your life and how you treat yourself. Health is really based on three pillars. One is sleep, one is exercise, and one is nutrition. And actually, sleep is the first of the three, because if you sleep two hours a night, there is no nutrition, there is no exercise, that, that matter. Um, and, and I think people are realizing that. People like Matthew Walker with Why We Sleep did an awesome job to really educate um, all of us uh, about the importance of sleep and the impact that uh, um, lack of sleep could have on our health and longevity. When I was in college, uh, I went to Stanford and there was the most famous class was a sleep class that I ended up getting to take by Dr. Dement, who was the person who coined REM sleep. And at the time he was getting quite old, but man, that was probably the most insightful and interesting class I took. And, you know, he had this concept of a sleep debt and you have to repay it. You are constantly accumulating the sleep debt based off of what your body needs and what you're giving it. And it's not like just sleeping in until noon on one Sunday is going to do that. It's about repetition. It's about paying off that sleep debt. And I also remember there was some statistic about how uh, most driving accidents are actually because of lack of sleep, not because of drunk driving or any other, other factor. So it was, it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, sometimes... I think 10, 20 years ago, we were not aware of the importance of sleep and what was the function of REM or deep sleep for our body. But the more you learn about that, the more you read, the more you understand how relevant is that for your daily life, right? Sometimes if I had a pretty bad night of sleep, I prefer to sleep one hour longer to then be you know, refreshed and fully energized during the day instead than just uh, waking up uh, for the sake of waking up and then being low energy all day. Yeah. So after you sold your last company, uh, you know, what what essentially gave you the the courage to start eight? And did you have hardware experience before? Because I know, you know, I was a mechanical engineer. Hardware companies are way more complicated than uh, software companies, especially if you hadn't done that before. Yeah. So I think I was really lucky as an entrepreneur to first 
work on renewable energy, on solar, that I think, you know, climate change and helping the world, I mean, all that, it, it's really important to me. And then I think almost unconsciously, I really decided to, with my co-founders, to try to fix sleep. And the more I studied sleep, the more I understood, you know, how strongly correlated it is with, with health and longevity and performance, which are other topics I really care about. Um, on the hardware side, I honestly think that at the big, it was my first hardware company. Uh, I think I was lucky to be naive enough to not understand how hard it would have been. Because if I knew, I don't know if I would have started. But once you're in, you just fight and keep going. But yeah, hardware is hard. I feel like that's the same sentiment that the founder of Peloton has always said. Did you have any crazy stories of some of the early iterations? Like I remember in listening to another podcast with the founder of Peloton, he described their first batch that they got back from the manufacturer in China and the bike was four times too big. Did you have any kind of major learnings like that? Uh, yes. I mean, first, I still remember the first prototype that we built five years ago. And uh, my wife and I, we started sleeping on that. And there were these cable all over the, the place. <laughs> but the software was still so um, clunky that sometimes the thing was going crazy and was warming me too much. And so I was not really sweating in the middle of the night because the bed was too warm than, than what it should have been. Um, Another crazy story is, so we we were looking for our Chinese partner in China and things were not moving at the speed that I wanted. And so at a certain point one day, I think it was September 2015, I went to my wife and I said, I'm going to go to China to fix this. And she says, okay, when, when, when are you going to leave? Tomorrow. And then she said, and when are you going to come back? And I say, once I have fixed that, I just don't know. And I came back three months later. Uh, so <laughs> that was a good story. And um, yeah, I got my visa and I, I just left. Um, so it, it was, uh, that, that was a, a cool challenge. And I still remember those months, like great months. I, I had the opportunity to learn how, how business works in China, but it was definitely quite challenging. Well, I guess for listeners who aren't familiar with it, can you describe what the products are? Yeah, so we develop a technology that improves your sleep. It comes in two in two shapes. One is a whole smart mattress. Uh, the other one is a cover that you can install onto any dumb mattress to make it smart. Uh, the core functionality is thermoregulation. So each side of the bed uh, can have a different temperature. It can range between 55 and 110 degrees, so really cold or really hot. And again, each side is completely independent. Um, inside the bed, inside our technology, there are also sensors. And so we can monitor your biometrics in real time. And based on your biometrics, we change temperature. There are a bunch of clinical studies that prove that through thermal regulation, um, you can fall asleep faster, you can get more deep sleep, and you can get more REM. There, uh, Matthew Walker um, talks about the importance of temperature and why we sleep as well. Um, and, and that's what we do. So now almost 90% of our customers report better sleep with our technology. It's funny because I love to sleep when it's really cold and my husband is constantly cold. So he likes it warm. And I have a tower fan that's pointed at me when we sleep and he's oh. under all the blankets. And my sister uh, ended up 
moving during COVID and she had one of the original chili pads. And so she dropped it off mostly to store it. And I tried it and not to knock a competitor, but it was just not good. And you felt the coils. And my biggest complaint was you're trying to cool the bed, but it heated up the room because of all the energy that it needed to convert the water. Um, Is that something, I guess, how does it work from a technological perspective of how you actually cool the bed, how you're reading those biometric signals during the middle of the night? Yeah, so we we created and built um, a thermal engine, uh, which is pretty powerful and is able to uh, heat and cool each side of the bed at these two different temperatures. Uh, the key, the, the biggest challenges were comfort, right? To make sure you don't fill the tube and the bed is really comfortable because that is why you buy a bed. Uh, second was performance. Uh, so to be able to be really cold because there are a lot of our customers that they really want a, a, a very low temperature. And third, there is noise and the whole efficiency. That is what you were talking about. The way we solve that is uh, by looking into gaming. So we use a lot of components that are usually used in uh, computers for for gaming. Uh, So in particular, our fans are made in Germany and they are extremely quiet um, in order to make sure that, no, we don't bother you while you are uh, asleep. Is there an optimal temperature or is it dependent on the individual? This is a great question. And here is something that we 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 need to make clear for, for your audience. When when you hear, oh, you should sleep at 68 degrees the whole night, that is wrong. Um, 68 degrees could be right for maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes during the night. But your body temperature changes based on your circadian um Uh, cycle. So your body temperature is already changing during the night. And so the temperature that is correct for you right now or at the beginning of the night is different from the one you will need in the second part of the night. And so usually you need, uh, you can pick the temperature uh, for your bedtime. It shouldn't be too cold. Otherwise you wouldn't fall asleep because the heart rate would accelerate to warm up your extremities. Then as soon as you fall asleep, the first part of the night is where you get uh, mainly deep sleep. And so that is when the bed should be the coldest. And then in the second part of the night is when you get mainly REM. And there is when you need thermal neutrality. So it shouldn't be cold or it shouldn't be warm. Otherwise, you wouldn't get REM. And so what we do is we apply machine learning and AI. And based on your biometrics, we can adjust the temperature for you or we can recommend you the right temperature for you to fall asleep faster or more deep sleep or more REM. And I'm a tech geek. So from an actual sensor perspective that's relaying those biometrics, what are what types of sensors are you using? Are they in the mattress themselves or are you relying on something like an Apple Watch or an Aura Ring? No, so all the sensors are in the in the mattress. So it comes with embedded sensors. We have dozens of sensors. The the most important ones are called the piezo sensors and is a very thin strip that is at the chest level inside the mattress so you don't feel it. And it really works like a stethoscope. Substantially, you're sleeping on a Wi-Fi connected stethoscope that is uh, uh, listening to your chest and the vibration to then monitor your uh, heart rate. And we can talk more about all the different type of heart rates that that we monitor. Uh, Respiration, which then means also snoring and in the future sleep apnea, and then sleep. We also have temperature sensors in the bed. 
And we also have a temperature and uh, humidity sensors in the hub that is this unit that sits next to the bed. And so then based on the temperature in your zip code and the temperature in your bedroom and your temperature preferences, every night you might receive a, a notification where we recommend what is the best temperature for you. Not every night, but when you need to know if our machine learning algos believe that you should make an adjustment, then you will receive a magical notification saying tonight you should sleep colder or warmer because maybe there, your bedroom is three degrees warmer. Interesting. And if, if somebody is already using an Aura Ring or an Apple Watch or something like that to track their sleep, can you integrate with those uh, data sets essentially to try to help uh, help with your algorithms? So we're not fully integrated yet. Uh, there is no integration between the different platforms. But one thing I actually tweeted about that uh, twice today uh, we keep seeing customers seeing better numbers, better metrics uh, with Aura and or Whoop after using um, the 8Sleep pod. The, the pod is our technology. And so that is something that honestly makes me really, really happy because if you already have a, an Aura or you already have a Whoop, we're completely fine with you using them. They're another great way to track your biometrics. Um, but the 8Sleep pod, our technology is the only one that can really move the needle and you can see reflected in their numbers, which just, you know, to me, gives even no more trust to the, to the results um, that you get out of thermoregulation. Mm, that makes sense. I don't personally have an aura ring, but the one thing that all of my friends or people that I've talked to that wear it have said is they were always shocked at how much alcohol consumption <laughs> affects their sleep. And as you said before, you know, you're very into performance and sleep and overall longevity. What are the other things outside of using a pod for thermoregulation that you recommend people do to improve their sleep? Yeah, so I mean, I stopped drinking alcohol since May 2018, almost two years. Um, and, and the reason is alcohol was impacting my HRV. It was impacting my heart rate at rest and also uh, my sleep stages. Um, obviously, I'm Italian originally, even if now uh, it's 10 years I live in the US. So when I go back to Italy, it, people start offering you drinks and wine everywhere. Um, but yeah, I, I completely stopped drinking and I, I have seen immediate benefits. My advice is if you still wanna, if you still drink, which is completely fine, uh, try to stop drinking uh, a couple of hours before going to bed, four hours will be optimal. Uh, so you will minimize the, uh, the, the effects of alcohol. Other things you could do is obviously caffeine. I stopped drinking coffee between eight and 10 hours before going to bed. Uh, but what our data is saying is each of these things is extremely personal. So maybe you can drink coffee two hours before going to bed and nothing is going to change. Well, instead for me, if I drink coffee six hours before and then I'm not going to fall asleep, you know, um, alcohol tend to be more, I would say, average. So you should be really lucky if you can have alcohol without having any impact on your heart rate or your, or your sleep. But caffeine, for example, is very, very personal. Another thing I recommend is um, hot and cold showers. They work extremely well for me. So a um, couple of hours before going to bed, I take a shower and I continuously switch between hot and cold. 
30 seconds and 30 seconds, you create this sort of thermal shock that will help you relax. Um, and then obviously you could take melatonin, you could take magnesium. I use the Normatec boots. They're compression boots for my legs. They help you recover faster. Blue wave glasses to stimulate melatonin in your body with, with orange light. Hmm. I I noticed that you are selling some of the supplements that people like the oral supplements that people take. What are your thoughts on that? I know there's a bunch of companies now that are trying to do personalized sleep that's non-melatonin based. Some are melatonin based. What have you seen work the best for people? Yeah, so we decided to partner with another company. It's called Torn. We really think they are the best in class because everything they do um, has a clinical evidence. And so we wanted a partner that was backed by science. Um, I, In my specific case, I tend to use melatonin maybe once, maximum twice a week. Uh, so I don't abuse that. Um, I find magnesium to be really good because it helps uh, you to relax your, your muscles. I have restless legs uh, syndrome, which is this feeling in the middle of the night that you need to move your legs. It's like uh, sort of cramps. So I just get out of bed and I go back a um, few minutes later. And so magnesium helps me with that. Hmm. Interesting. And so when you were originally started the, starting the company, I know now you've raised a lot of capital from you know very top tier Silicon Valley venture capital firms. When you originally went to go fundraising, was this something that people were like, yes, this is obvious? Or was this something that people still couldn't wrap their heads around? No, hundreds <laughs> of no's. Um, in particular, there was a, a time where, so when we started, hardware was still cool. but um, a year later, hardware was not cool anymore. There were a lot of Indiegogo, a lot of companies that had successful Indiegogo campaign or Kickstarter campaign that then didn't deliver. And so they were a failure. And so at that point, investors didn't want to invest in hardware anymore. And so the amount of noise was pretty traumatic. Um, but I think we were lucky to find uh, not just some of the best investors, but some of the boldest. And they really believe in this crazy vision that we have where we want to compress sleep and transform your bed in a medical-grade device. And so it's one of those things where if you nail it, it's, it's going to be huge, but obviously it's really hard to nail it. Yeah, and you were so early on the whole quantified self movement, which now, you know, obviously it's still a niche thing in the major cities and for more affluent people, but it's definitely a more common trend than it was before. But to me, when you think about sleep, 100% of humans sleep and spend about a third of their day sleeping. So it's just such a massive part of life and a pain point for so many people that it, it definitely feels like at least the, the market size is big enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's huge because, you know, because of our form factor, there are 30 million mattresses sold every year just in the U.S. and is more than double globally. Um, so there is plenty of room. Uh, we just need to deliver a product that can delight our users and the market then will will be big enough. What's next for eight? Are you working on any new products or any, you know, additional things in the in the repository? Yeah, I, I, we always think in two dimensions. On one side, we iterate on what we have, that is our hero product, that is the pod itself. But then we also work on S-shaped uh, curves, sort of moonshots. And so we have a very clear idea of the next big step for uh, disruption. 
And, and that is what we are working on in parallel. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to see what that ends up being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess one other question for you is, do you have any particular, outside of the things you mentioned before, any particular nighttime routines that you have found to be particularly effective for you? Yeah, I tend to go to bed really early. I think so, some, sometimes uh, our team members probably they make fun of me because uh, I go to sleep around 9.30, 10 uh-huh. at, the, at the latest. So probably they think I'm a grandpa. Um, but um, yeah, I try to use that time, so 10 to 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. It's considered one of the best times for, for sleep. So I try to be asleep by then. I then wake up early. Um, and the reason to me is also my efficiency during the day. Um, I think that, you know, after 9 p.m., I start being tired. And so my brain is not that efficient. While instead, if I wake up early, I have from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., completely almost empty right you don't have inbound you can really focus um and i love to have that time for for myself to train or to think and study how many hours of sleep do you shoot for every night um at least eight but since covid i started sleeping nine hours uh a night and all my biometrics improved in particular my hrv went up 14 percent. wow that's incredible do you have any advice for me? I'm the opposite. I'm a total night owl. So I don't get tired at night, but then I do not want to wake up in the morning. And I find that even when I sleep eight hours, if my alarm goes off before 8 a.m., I'm just not a happy camper. Yeah, I, I think you, what I have read, so it doesn't even come from me, but from a lot of professors is you just need to listen to your body and not be ashamed. If you want to wake up at 10 a.m., because that is what works for you, you should absolutely do it because again, if you wake up refreshed, your your performance will be 10x what it would be if you just you know woke up still feeling you know groggy. And so sometimes I think societies there are a lot of studies about this for for kids because for kids um, because of biological reasons it's much easier for them to wake up later. So it's not that they are lazy; it's just how their um, circadian cycle works at that age. And so there are all these studies saying that you know pushing kids to go to school at seven or eight a.m. is extremely bad for them because we just don't maximize their 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 energy and circadian cycle. So if it's the same for you, you should just adjust your day accordingly. Um, and and I see no problem with that. Uh, it'll be nice because uh, I am currently in San Francisco, but we'll be spending some time on the East Coast, which means I get a three-hour time delay. And so even if I you know, wake up later and start working at 10 a.m. that time, it's 7 a.m. California time. I'm quite productive in the evening, but just until I, I'm like you, I like to train or exercise in the morning and that kind of wakes me up, but it's a, it's a struggle. And my advice would be test it. Test it for a week, better two weeks. Try to say, okay, for two weeks, I'm going to wake up, whatever, 10 a.m., whatever works for you. And you just see and how you feel. Because maybe you discover that you feel so much better, then you will just adjust your, your schedule around that. Great advice. Thank you. Well, this has been awesome. The last question I love to ask everybody is, have there been any advice that you've been given, either in your personal or professional life, that's really stuck with you and words that you live by? Um, I think is is focus. Uh, it's something that 
so when I was an entrepreneur for the first time in Italy, in Italy there is almost a, a different approach where you are cool if you have a lot of different projects and you're moving all of them forward. Well, instead, the lesson I learned when I came in, you know, to the U.S. and in particular when I started working with with um, Keith Rabois, it was to really focus on few things and just be excellent at that. Cut everything else. And if you think is also a big uh, point of uh, Warren Buffett. Right. The, the hardest part of an entrepreneur is to say no, not just to say yes. So you need to be very picky and selective. That is fantastic advice. And actually, the number one thing I'm working on this year is saying no. So very appropriate. Yes. Well, Matteo, this has been such a pleasure meeting you and getting to hear more about eight. If people want to follow you or the company, where should they go? Yeah. So you can check us out on eightsleep.com, E I G H T. Eight like the number eight sleep.com or you can follow me on twitter and on the homepage of eight sleep uh, you will find uh, all the links to follow me awesome well thanks for joining and hopefully one day soon i will buy my own eight sleep pod absolutely you need one yes indeed <laughs>